5, verse number 1. If you're there with me, would you say amen? The Bible says, O everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore, do ye spend money for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good. And let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear and come unto me here, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. I want to direct your attention here in the scripture, in the word of God where it says, Wherefore do you spend money? Or in other words, why do you spend money on things that are not bread? And it goes on to ask, why are you laboring for the things which do not satisfy? And this morning, if I can, with the Lord's help, I just want to preach on this thought, and that is pacified or satisfied. Amen. Are you pacified or are you satisfied? Can we just go to the Lord this morning one more time and ask Him to help us here today? Father, we give you thanks and we give you praise for each and every heart represented in this place this morning. I ask, Lord, today that your presence, power, and anointing would rest upon us, our hearts to receive and our ears to hear. I ask, Lord, my mind and lips to preach. I pray today that you would meet with us. I know that you will. Your word go forth in clarity and power. Lord, challenge us and change us. Let us leave here testifying, knowing that we have been in your presence, that we are different than the way that we've come. And we thank you for these things, and we do ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Pacified or satisfied. And uh, this morning, I want you to understand that as we take a look here in the Word of God, that there are some things that I know that in our lives that we can get very comfortable with the fact that we will just tolerate some things. That we will make a, an excuse or a justification for some, certain things. That we know that it is not quite right. We know that it's not uh, all that we need or that we, uh, uh, or that we have come to terms with the fact that, you know, in this particular area we will do without. And, and uh, we will make substitutions. We will make compromises, whatever the case might be. <coughs> Excuse me. And there are some things that, uh, that, we, uh, uh, that we will settle for. 
I remember uh, uh, it's been here now three years or so. I had uh, I had purchased a new uh, barbecue pit, and and uh, when I uh, we love at our house, we like to throw uh, different things on the grill, and I've got one of those. Uh, uh, if you ever yep, you, you remember that during the during the nineties uh, uh, and early two thousands that there was those books. I don't know if they're still out, but it was it was different things, and it it might say you know computers for dummies or or uh, you know accounting for dummies or whatever the case might and I was a little bit offended because every subject that they titled I said I guess I'm a dummy because I I need some help with that right and uh, they had I don't know if those are still out or not but I can tell you this I have one of those barbecue pits it's truly barbecue for dummies amen and what that means is I've got I've got a grill and it's called a pellet grill and so on that pellet grill I I can put the meat on there and and I literally I push a button I set the temperature and brother Eli I can walk away it's got a I got a thermometer I can put the meat and I can I can see what the temperature is and I can look at it's even so fancy brother Heath it's got an app I I can put on my phone and I can I don't got to stand out there and stare at the barbecue pit and sweat to death in the summer, be cold in the winter. I can look on my phone, Sister Gwen, and I say, well, the temperature on the pit right now is 325 and, you know, the, the, the meat in there is at this temperature. It's almost done, whatever. And I mean, it's just, it, it's nearly foolproof. I mean, you just, I would have to be a big old dummy to ruin something on that pit. Now, let me give you this disclaimer. There's been a time or two I've gotten close to to ruining something. But anyway, that's a whole other story. But uh, uh, when I first got that, I'm going somewhere with this, bear with me. When I first got that uh, pit, I had got on YouTube. Now, uh, my cousin Aaron Ray, he already had one. And he was, uh, and you know, this was when he was still single. And before he was married, he showed up to church. He'd bring me ribs and chicken and brisket. And then he got married and all that quit. I don't know, we've got to pray for him, but he would, he'd say, oh, I, I put this on, I was cooking that, and, I'd, and we'd, we'd share tips, and we'd talk about, you know, what we was cooking, and Brother Tobin, I'd get on YouTube, and the, and the name brand of my grill, they had a whole YouTube channel, and these guys would show you stuff to do, again, foolproof, I mean, I have all these tools around me, and so as a result, uh, there was a gentleman, Sister Rice, and, and uh, it was about the time as, as prices were climbing and brisket was was uh, getting more expensive and we we all know how us Texans we love our brisket don't we and we like it a lot and and so I said well you know uh, this guy he said uh, he had a recipe called poor man's brisket and so I clicked on it to see what it was and so he said well he said with the prices of brisket going up he said this is what I do and he had got himself a beef roast and he was showing how he prepared it and all those things and so I followed that recipe and my wife and I, man we loved it, that, that roast was delicious and I sliced it like it was brisket, I wrapped it like it was brisket, I cooked it like it was brisket and I took pride in it like it was brisket, I mean I was ready brother Segura. even though it was just a beef roast I acted like I was at a brisket cook off 
but I put it on early and I just let her cook all day long and, and uh, you know, and, and Sister Carol, she'd say, how's, the, how's that look? I said, it's looking good, you know. I cut it, when we got it all pulled out, I cut it, man, it looked great, it tasted great. We ate on it two, three days. But no matter all the things I did for it to be brisket, it was not brisket. It was still beef roast. Now, again, I don't have any problems with beef roast. I'll eat roast all day long till the cows come home. No pun intended there. But here's what I will say is that I had made myself a compromise because of the cost of something else. I said, I will, I will find myself something lesser than. I will find myself something that pacifies my desire for that brisket even though I'm not going to spend the money on the brisket. And it's one thing when we make certain substitutions. When I was growing up, rarely in our house did we have Coca-Cola or Dr. Pepper. We had, we had things like Dr. Fizz and, and, and uh, <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about, right? The, 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 the generic stuff. And don't nobody leave here this morning. Well, I can't believe he made everybody feel terrible about generic. No, just bear with me. I'm going because you come to our house. There's a whole lot of uh, brand X. There's a lot of generic stuff. Now there's some things I'm just going to spend the money on. Amen. There's some things that just it's just not as good as the real deal, right? And so I still remember our Coca-Cola from the little grocery store that we had. The off-brand stuff was called uh, Bubba Cola or something like that. And so you know, I'd, I'd ask my friends, "You want a Bubba Cola? What's a what's a Bubba Cola?" Well, it's like Coca-Cola. It's just not the real deal. Amen. Because we made substitutes, and so you, I, I trust you know where I'm going with this. It pacified for a little bit. It was, uh, it was something that, you know, helped with the craving. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, when it comes to the things, our groceries, or it can be clothes, it can be cars, or whatever, there's certain compromises, certain things that we'll do, and that's perfectly fine. But can I say this morning, uh, is that spiritually speaking, there are too many times uh, that we have found ourselves in positions uh, that we are settling for so much less uh, and what God wants to do and what God wants to give and what God is able to accomplish in our lives and sadly we have developed the substitutionary idea even in our church setting even in our spiritual walk and we have gotten with the mindset spiritually speaking to say well that'll do well that'll keep us for a little while well that'll be okay if we make a little compromise here or if we do a little bit something different there well you see you ain't got to really uh, be so serious here and does God really require such surrender in this part of my life and is that brother Jacob really necessary or is that something that you know people are just trying to be overtly spiritual or are we just trying to make something more of it than what we will can I say this morning church I believe that we need to revisit some things that we need to take a close look at some things spiritually speaking. I don't care if you buy an off-brand Coca-Cola. I don't care that 
if you get a, a, a beef roast instead of a brisket like I did. But I will say this. There is a problem and a plague in the church when we are substituting a real move of God for program. When we are substituting the power of prayer. Oh, for little bits and pieces of different things. When we avoid the truth of God's word because it deals with our hearts and it challenges our soul and we would rather bypass and get away from it. Friends, I want to tell you is that we can no longer be sufficed or try to pacify but I believe God has come to fully give and he wants his church and he wants his children to be satisfied in him. Hallelujah. To be satisfied in him. To pacify. It means that you console for a moment. Listen to this. To pacify means you are providing a temporary fix for a problem that is permanent. Listen to what I'm saying. Sister Lindy, do you have an extra pacifier in your bag? Do you have? They're looking around. They said it's in the back. That's all right. I was going to just carry it around for a little bit as a reminder. Now let me tell you something. Right now, right now, this grandbaby has got the real deal in his mouth. He is drinking of that milk. His stomach is being satisfied. And as a result, we see those of you who've been parents or grandparents and the babies are there and, and uh, we talk, you know, talk about that pacifier. What it does is that baby can be restless and that baby can be hungry or that baby can be upset or whatever the case might be. And we've got that pacifier, that binky, whatever little name you call it, and you put it in. And for a moment, uh, that child, it'll, it'll appease itself. For a moment, the tears might stop. But here's what... What I've come to learn and here's what we often see is that it is momentary peace and it is momentary quiet because even in that moment when the pacifier hits the lips and brother Segura that that mind is tricked and that baby is thinking okay and it's putting forth effort to draw something out of that pacifier and there's nothing there it doesn't take long I mean they'll spit that thing out and the tears are coming and the squalling begins and that baby is upset amen right and whatever you do you can shush you can sing a lullaby you can walk and rock and all the things that you have tried to do but there comes a point when that child is saying whatever it is you're trying to trick me with whatever it is you're trying to pacify me with I want you to know it ain't working I don't want to be pacified any longer but I want to be satisfied amen I want to tell the church we're in a place in a state in the realm of the church that too many times we walk into God's house we are living our lives and there's binkies and passies in our mouths and yet if you listen closely the church is crying people are hurting people are calling out and saying another program does not satisfy me another fly by night preacher
preacher's not going to satisfy me. Another singing's not going to satisfy me. Another this or another that. We find people coming in and out of our churches by the droves. Some that are upset over this. Some that are hurt over that. And they're looking for something that'll satisfy. And I want to remind this church, we still must present, preach, and practice that Christ is the only thing that will satisfy a hungry soul, a wounded soul, someone. And it's something how we can come in and we can go through the forms and the functions of service, of life, all the various things. We can try and we're trying to pull life out of it. Hear me. Walk with me here for a moment. We're trying to pull life out of it, but there's no life in it. And so we find that people, people find themselves disgruntled. People find themselves, I've heard it a thousand times, and I'm sure I'll hear it a thousand times more. As people will say, I'm discontented with the church. I'm discontented with this, and I don't agree with that, and all of those things. And I understand, I'm not minimizing the fact that sadly in churches you can be disappointed. Sadly in churches you can be hurt. Sadly in churches you can get your eyes on people and be very discouraged, whatever the case might be. But I will tell you is that we must redirect our attention. We must look once again and understand that it is not enough to go through motions. It is not enough to fool ourselves into thinking that we are good. It's not enough to fool ourselves in thinking that we are okay. But discover once again we have got to go back to the source where there is life and where our souls can be satisfied. I know, want you to notice the prophet starts with this opening. He said, everyone that thirsts, come to the waters. Come to this place. I want you to also, I found it interesting. He said, and he that hath no money, come ye and buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. What is the prophet saying here? What is Isaiah speaking here to the children of Israel? First of all, there's invitation to come. I want you to know that too many times, if I can point your attention to something here, is that too many times we are trying to pacify our sin instead of satisfy the soul. Pacify our sin. I want to tell you this morning... And I know we've spent some time on this on some of our Wednesday night Bible studies in our sermon series, but I'm going to assure you of something is that too many times we are coming into God's house and we are not wanting to deal with sin. We just want to pacify our sin. We don't want God to convict. We don't want to surrender. We don't want to give it up. And, and by all means, that preacher better not preach on it. Don't you get specific. Don't you call things out. We'll get mad. We'll withhold our tithe. We won't show up. We'll show you. I'll 
show you. Don't you make me mad. Don't you do this. Don't you do that. And let me just assure you of something. You're not telling the preacher that. And you're not telling the church that. And you're not telling the usher that. But such an attitude and such a heart. You have told God. I am not interested in surrendering and letting you deal with my sin. But rather I will just be pacified. I will just come. What do you mean preacher? Because sometimes our church attendance is something just to pacify us for the week. Our, our little bits of singing, our little bits of preaching, our little bits of showing up here and doing this thing. We are trying, if you will. You'd say, Brother Jacob, I've never said this. You may have never said it, but your heart and your actions can testify of it. We think sometimes, I will pacify, I will appease. I'll pacify Brother Jacob so he don't, so he don't get down if the crowd's not big. or So he don't call me and tell me he's been missing. I'll pacify him I'll pacify my spouse I will pacify my parents I will pacify this one or that one friends can I tell you that will not last and you will not stay and you will not thrive and you will not grow and you will not be what God would have you to be I'll pacify I'll sit in the service I'll shout for a Sunday I'll pray in the altar for a Sunday but I'll tell you once again on Monday your sin it'll start crying that baby will start crying and lift its voice and what does it want it wants attention it wants to be taken care of it wants you to cater to it it wants you to give in to it it wants you to surrender to it oh but I pray to God that one more time the church will return and say I can't afford to let sin be pacified it'll kill me it'll cause me to backslide it'll send me to hell but God did with my sin convict me one more time let the word of God ring true speak to my heart Holy Ghost have you noticed that in our culture today everything is it's not that big of a deal that's not that big of a problem how many times have we seen have we seen matter of fact while I was Visiting with family in Missouri, my mom asked me, she said, did you hear about so-and-so passing away? I said, no, I didn't. I, did, I, I don't know if I remember hearing about that. I said, what happened? And she was talking about a series of events. There were some health issues and different things that was going on. And, uh, and she, said, I, she said, ironically and tragically, what happened is said uh, this woman was a smoker. And uh, she was also on oxygen. And as a result, she was there and... She had lit that cigarette while oxygen was going, and it literally, she, she caught fire, and, uh, and it killed her. I mean, just a tragic situation. And as a result of that, we were talking, and I said, you know, I said, isn't it something? On one hand, she needed that oxygen. She needed it to breathe. And on the other hand, there was a craving so desperate in her, in her mind, needing that nicotine, needing that cigarette, that she was willing to, every time that she did that, Brother Heath, she was willing to put her life on the line, willing to, willing to toy with what inevitably did happen. And the truth of the matter is, as my mom said, people had told her, 
I said, don't do that. You shouldn't do that. And the response, it'll be okay. It's not that big of a deal. That's just, you know, that's kind of just a warning. And sadly, we find in the, ch- in the church, uh, there's a lot of folks sitting on the pews day in and day out. In one hand, we're playing with dynamite. In another hand, uh, we're k- k- giving in to different things and situations that are going on. I'm going to tell you, is that it will come a point, it'll catch you. There'll come a point, it'll kill you. There'll come a point, it'll destroy you. Oh, Brother Jacob, you're taking things a little too far. You're just trying to scare us this morning. No, sir. No, ma'am. What scares me is to think I could sit on a church pew all of my life and still go to hell, still miss heaven, still be out of God's will. It doesn't matter. I could sit in my garage all day long, but I'm not a car. And you can sit in a church all your life and not be saved. Hear me. You can know every song in the book and not be saved. You can know what the preacher is going to preach just from the time he read the text and not be saved. Understand is that we have reached a point we are pacifying certain things in our life, but I'm telling you, it comes calling, and you know it does every week. You know it does. You're dealing with it every day. Listen, and you've heard me hear me loud and clear again. To be tempted is not to sin. But to give in to temptation, that is sin. And there are some of us that we are going around the same mountain, the same problem, the same dilemmas. And it may not be some immoral sin. It may not be some something, some addiction, something that keeps calling out to you. But it could be attitudes. It could be emotions. It could be a frame of mind. It can be something in your spirit. And you keep visiting it. And you keep, you'll come in and you'll pacify it one Sunday. But it shows back up again and it's standing on top of you the next week. You come and you pacified a little bit and you deal with it a little bit and then it's back at you again and it is a, it's a, a cycle of insanity and it's a cycle that's got you caught up in such a current spiritually that you're not going anywhere, you're not growing you're not moving out of it and, it's, and then we get a little frustrated well then that's when we start to blame God and we start to blame people and we start to do all these things I'm here to tell you it's because it has only been pacified and sin has not been dealt with to the satisfactory standards of heaven. I'm going to tell you, it still takes the blood of Christ. I'm going to tell you, it still takes repentance. And not just a saying, I'm sorry. One of the things from, the, from an early age that we was te- have been teaching Ashland, and, and it's for everybody, is that it is one thing to say you're sorry, but the truest form of repentance is not to say it, but to live it out. That you, you're doing your best not to do it again. But we have gotten into this culture that everything is pacified. God is grace and God is love. And yes, he is all those things. But these things have been abused. And these things have been preached and treated in such a way to put a passing in somebody's mouth. Instead of being open and broken before God once again. And still, instead of finding an altar to pray something all the way through. Can I tell somebody, if you're tormented in your mind, in your spirit. If you've got a grudge against somebody. If there's some things unconfessed and unrepented sin. If there's some things going on that you know it should not be. You know it should not be a part of who you are. I want to tell you, there's still opportunity. 
and there's still an altar and there's still a God in heaven who said if you'll turn it to me he said come to the waters he said you can't buy it you can't earn it there's not enough you can do matter of fact he said when you come he said you ain't going to have enough money the gift of God is eternal life sister Laura I can't afford it I'm not rich enough for it I'm not white enough for it you're not black enough for it you're not man enough or woman enough Republican or Democrat enough I'm going to tell you we need the blood of the lamb we need the grace of God and we need what only he can provide he said come partake of this come and buy of these things he said without money and he said without price because the word of God lets us know that we have not been purchased by corruptible things such as silver and gold. In other words, the things of God, Brother Tobin, we can't put a price tag on it. He said, you can't do it. There are some people, they like to show their money and buy only the best. Some folks like to hoard their money and only skimp. And what he comes to find, he says, listen, no matter how you slice it, no matter what you're looking at, he said, you cannot do it yourself. He said, I am the one that will satisfy this. He said, come to the waters. He said, come and buy. He said, if you don't have the money, or actually, he said, without money and without price, he said, you're going to find, he said, it's free. It's the gift of God. It's the gift of God. And not only waters, he says, but once you come, you're going to find, he said, that there's wine and there's milk. In other words, those things signify the fact that where we are anticipating one thing, that God goes above and beyond and He gives us even more than what we ask of. He gives us more than even what we say. He said, come and eat, come and partake. And He said, let your soul delight itself in fatness. This is not a, this is not a propensity to promote obesity. But what this is, is that when we talk about, uh, when, if you really look at uh, the study of fat as far as in nourishment you'll come to find that fat is a source that brings satisfaction a satiety to your appetite versus if I were to go and eat a three bags of Doritos oh that I, I could eat on those and it would it's, it's just a carb it's just something that burns out quick and the fact that it doesn't sustain me but you give me a, 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 a good old fatty ribeye you give me one of them poor man briskets brother Danny and I eat some of that meat and some of that fat off there what does it do is it satisfies it brings satiety and that's what he's saying he said your soul will delight in its fatness and what that means it says your soul will delight in the fact that what I give you it will satisfy you I want to remind you friends he said brother Eddie I know you could testify when you got one high you was living for the next you was chasing another brother Coleman when you had one drink you was looking for the next drink all of us could see and talk about different things we pursued why because it was a pacifier of only what was in our power to do but aren't you glad thanks be to God that when we came to Calvary I don't have to run and chase the things of this world I don't have to be fruitless in my efforts to find satisfaction for my soul because Christ has provided it but he said, here's what you have to understand. He said, you've got to acquire it the way that I want you to. It's coming through me. Not in what you can do. Not in your goodness. Not in your reputation. Not in your church attendance. Not in any of these things. 
What you understand is that oftentimes in our sin, but also in our suffering, we are trying to pacify versus being satisfied. Jeremiah 31 and 25 says, For I have satiated the weary soul, and I have replenished every sorrowful soul. You see, sometimes it's not issues of sin. Sometimes it's issues of sorrow. Sometimes it's a broken heart. Sometimes it's a mind so troubled. And we are looking. I just, I want you to bear with me. I want you to understand the truth in what I'm saying. You look at our society as a whole. And you look in the way that humanity is trying to deal with their suffering and their problems. Never before have we been a more medicated society. Now, right now, there's some of you bucking up and you're, and you're getting, starting to get mad at me because you think I'm getting ready to attack a pill that you have to take. Listen, I know that there are some things for health. I know there, there are some things that you have, that maybe you have to do. But I'm going to tell you right now is that if you take a look, the honest truth is, the honest truth is, there's a lot of companies that are getting very wealthy off of providing a pacifier. Thank you, Brother Udy. I got my help right here on the front row. That's right. Pacified. We can go in, whether it's aches, pains, but the worst of it is not physical things. It's things of the mind things that are troubling the spirit where did we start pursuing such things as we neglected the prayer closet we neglected the word of God we neglected the presence of God and we have pacified ourselves we have prescribed pacifiers and we've got people and and it's not just adults we now have young children they, can, they don't know how to handle life. They don't know. Well, Brother Jacob, there's nothing evil or wrong about what I'm doing. Never said that it was, but here's something that I want you to think about. I want you to think about something. If you have reached the point of such dependency to think you cannot live without something, be careful. Be careful because at the end of the day, the the, the thing that we must ask ourselves is that what we say oftentimes, I can't live without this, but I can live without, and you can fill in the blank, spiritually speaking. I know ain't nobody amen to me right now, but that's okay. We reach a point in a place <clears throat> as to where we will put such a value on something temporal, and we will negate the power and the potential and the value of the things that God does eternally. Eternally. Hear what I'm saying. Hear what I'm saying. In our suffering and in our sorrow, I want you to know is that there are things that will only pacify you. It will revisit you. It will show up again and again and again. And you need more of it in order to deal with it. And you need more of it in order to deal with it. And you need more of it in order, and it's just, it's a cycle. What I pray and what I'm challenging the church to 
is this morning is that we come to realize once again there are so many things the prophet here said why are you spending money on things that are not bread he said why are you spending money in other words on things that are only substitutes Christ could stand and say and declare he did he got a lot of attention negative attention when he stood and he said I am the bread of life he said if any man hungers come and eat partake of me well everybody got weird and everybody got to thinking he's nuts and what what kind of what kind of devilish doctrine is this you know calling himself bread and telling people to partake of him and all these different types of things but Christ was letting the masses know he said everything that you have need of this is what I offer to you I can satisfy too long brother Danny sister Carolyn for too long we have pacified tolerated certain things certain things in our lives certain sufferings certain things that I believe God wants us to heal from you know that there are some sufferings and some sorrow that we don't want to be satisfied and we don't want God to take care of it and heal us of it because it is our calling card it is the thing that we pull out at the end of the day when everybody's having conversation and everybody's talking about their problems and everybody's talking about their thing and it's that one thing we can pull out brother Eli and say yeah I have this thing I've been dealing with this thing forever. I've been dealing with this forever. And sometimes if we're not careful, that particular sorrow is the thing that we're using to get attention. It's that one thing that we're using to get some eyes on us or some conversation to be around. And then what happens? What happens in those moments? Brother Ice will get around the right people. And boy, everybody pat us on the back. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And we appreciate that. We, we understand that. Brother Jacob, I don't appreciate you this morning because you're trying to minimize my problem. I'm really not. I've got issues just like you do. I've got sorrows. I've got sin. I've got hard days. I've got days where I don't feel like it, just like you do. I don't stand up here and have it all together. I don't preach to you and have an answer for all of life's situations and the fact to say that, Brother Jeremy, I don't ever have bad days or hard times. But I will tell you this, is that we have to be careful because too many times we're just, we're just surviving through life instead of living. Instead of really understanding that we can walk in the power of God. And that what God does in us, that power, Brother Michael, it provides testimony. And that testimony lets somebody else who's suffering, somebody else who's in sin, somebody else who's hurting, to let them know, Brother Aaron, that if I made it out, and not by might nor by power, but by a spirit, because he's satisfied, because his blood is enough, because the power of God and the truth of God's word, it healed me. And I applied it like salve to my hurting soul have you ever noticed what we tend to do as humans somebody loses a little weight what you doing how'd you do it how much did you eat what'd you drink when'd you go to bed what shoes did you wear right 
Somebody says, oh, this and this and this. Where'd you go? Who's your doctor? How much it costs? What? Mr. Joy, I want it to be that folks can see the change in the lives of the people in the church. And when somebody says, where are you going? Who is it? What's going on? How'd you overcome it? Where we can smile and say, had it not been for the Lord, it's Christ. He delivered. He healed. He put me in the right mind. He put my family back together. <coughs> I've been satisfied. No longer pacified. Woo! You're not shouting, but I'm preaching this morning. Hear me. A God that satisfies. That's why David said, Oh, taste and see that the Lord, He is good. We have it on our church shirt. Church shirts. It says, Come and see what did they say they said come see a man come and see the one and I don't want it to be a cute church logo or a cute little saying I want it to be what is lived out what is experienced brother James that there ain't people sitting on these pews just been pacified but we know his power We know what he can do, and we have been satisfied by the hand of God. He gave me more than I asked. He gave me more than I needed. I went for water. I got wine and milk. I went for my sins to be forgiven, and my mind was made right. My heart was made whole. I went for God to forgive me. And Brother Jeremy, come to find out, not only was my house saved, but my household. My parents were saved, and my cousins were saved. I saw revival break out in my family. Oh, God healed my hurt. He healed my sorrow. And not only did he do that, but he mended friendships. And he put some pieces back together. Anybody hear what I I'm saying you go to God for one thing and brother Eli he says I love you so much he said I made a covenant with David that surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life that I'm your shepherd and you shall not want I'm going to tell you in recession he's my shepherd in inflation he's my shepherd in sorrow He's my shepherd In pain He's my shepherd In my suffering He is my shepherd And I shall Not Want Hallelujah I pray somebody grabs a hold of this This morning I pray somebody hears what I'm saying He said come to the waters And drink He said, by the way, he said, you can't afford it, you can't get it. He said, but it don't cost you anything. He said, because I already paid the price. I've already taken care of it. Anybody ever noticed a meal tastes a whole lot better when you got it for free? Come on here. Come on here. That's why, well, I better not go out. I want to quench the spirit. I was going to say, that's why you have a church dinner. You got people you ain't seen in eight months. That's so. Why? Free food, baby. Hear me. 
It always tastes better. It's always better when you didn't pay for it. And the Lord says, you can't afford it. I'm going to give it to you. He said, you came for water, but I'm giving you wine and milk. You came. You came searching in one area, but I provided you answers in several others. Anybody here tired of being pacified? You say, Lord, I just want to be sad. I want to be satisfied. And I know it's going to come through you. Hands lifted all over this house. Would you do that? Hands lifted all over this house. Would you help us to pray right now? Father, I thank you today for your faithfulness. Lord, we find ourselves chasing so many things, so many things to cover our sin, so many things to deal with our sorrow, so many things to, to help our broken heart, so many things to cover up our loneliness, so many things, Lord, to hide the deficiencies in our lives. But, Lord, you've invited us to come. You've invited, you've called us to the waters. And, Lord, not only do we find water, but you provided wine and milk. Not only have you touched our lives, but we come to find you touched the lives of those around us. I pray today in this house, Lord, let there be an intolerance for pacification, but Lord, let us desire satisfaction. I do not want to be pacified, but Lord, I want to be satisfied. I don't want to try to draw life out of something that's empty, but Lord, I want to go to the source of life. Lord, I need your help today. My family needs your help today. My children, my marriage, my mind, my heart. Oh, we can fill in the blanks all day long. Lord, only you can satisfy the soul. Only you can satisfy the soul. If that's us this morning, church, can we come? Would you respond? Can we make our way down to this altar? Would you come today? Only you and the Lord know the things that need to be satisfied. Only you and the Lord know maybe the things you're battling, the same cycles you've been in, the same things you've been contemplating, the same different situations that's been going on. Oh, but Lord, here I am. I long to be satisfied. I long, Lord, for you to heal my hurting soul. I long for you, Lord, to touch me. Heal my sorrow. Lord, I'm looking for you to deal with my sin. Convict me. Challenge me. Lord, I can't be the same. Lord, I can't afford to stay the same. But Lord, I'm calling on you. Lord, I need you. Lord, I've been looking to all kinds of things to pacify me. I've been looking to all kinds of things to take the edge off. I've been looking at all kinds of things to try to help me. But Lord, today, I know only you, only you can satisfy Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, oh, yes, sing it, Sister Carolyn.